So I have used maybe more than million, much more than million points, you know, on credit card. I don't think we have paid any any money for our travels in the last two years. That was Sandeep Mal, the entrepreneur with a flair for clicking wildlife and an unmatched dedication to collecting credit card reward points. Credit cards, those sleeky, shiny slices of financial temptation, have revolutionized the way we spend money. In the old days, you had a wallet heavier than a brick, but now you can carry your entire net worth in a card thin enough to slip between the pages of your favorite novel. It's like having a financial genie in your pocket, ready to fund every desire instantly. On August 8 this year, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York reported a historic milestone as credit card debt in the United States exceeded $1 trillion for the first time. To put it into perspective, this monumental figure is roughly equivalent to about 83 lakh crore rupees. India too is facing a massive increase in credit card transactions. RBI reported credit card dues spiraling way above 2 lakh crore rupees. While comparing these figures to those of the United States may suggest that there is ground to cover, it's crucial to acknowledge our rapid year-on-year growth. Currently, there are 8.5 crore credit cards in the hands of Indians, up from a comparatively modest 7.5 crore just a year ago. And just three years ago, the number of credit cards were fewer than 5 crore. The buy-now-pay-later products, or as we like to call them, spontaneous shopper's savior, have burst onto the scene as well. Initially, VNPL was like that one clickbait ad you saw online, meant only for virtual shopping sprees. But it has now expanded to offline shopping stores as physical shopping resumed post-COVID-19. As per Economic Times, BNPL model has an annual growth rate of 22.9%, with a large share of the pie coming from consumers in India's Tier 2 and Tier 3 cities. The market size for the product in the country is expected to reach approximately 116,000 crores by 2024. However, there's a crucial aspect to bear in mind here. Credit cards and BNPL products can either make you feel like a financial wizard or lead you down a treacherous path of debt faster than you can say impulse buy. Behind the glamour lies the shadowy world of hidden charges. Late payment fees, annual fees, foreign transaction fees. They've got more fees than a crowded toll booth during Russia. I'm your host, Ashish Chavla. Welcome to another episode of Temperament by One Finance, where we explore emotions and biases and their effect on the way we handle our money. Our aim is to help you avoid costly mistakes by giving you practical financial knowledge that helps you make smarter financial decisions. In this episode, we are going to explore the hidden costs that often come with credit cards and BNPL plan. We will figure out the secrets of how, like Sandeep, you can also accumulate a fortune of reward points. We will also engage in insightful conversations with two experts within the credit card and BNPL domains to demystify the fine prints of buying on credit. All this and more coming up on the other side. My first guest on the show is Neil Borate, and he shared some interesting insights about credit cards. So I am deputy editor at Mint. I uh, supervise the personal finance teams. So I'll start with um, our coverage of credit cards. Essentially, we asked a question that, which is the best credit card in India? To answer that question, you have to first ask how much you're willing to spend. 
because there are categories of credit cards, some tailored towards travel, some tailored towards high spenders, some to the low. So ultimately, how do you analyze this, right? We are in finance, ultimately everything is numbers. So you can basically convert this into return on spending. And just this term blows your mind because the bank is paying you to spend money, not, not, not to invest money, but to spend it. So the return on spending on that card was in some cases in the double digits if you were able to spend it like in specific ways. So the simplest conversion uh, that most cards offer is back to cash or back to near cash, which is for example, an Amazon voucher. Generally with that kind of simple conversion, the reward ratio turns up at 0.25%, 0.5%. It's not fantastic. I mean, it's okay, still good, but not fantastic. But there are ways to optimize these cards. Interesting. Credit cards have come a long way. It all began in the 1950s when a guy called Frank McNamara, a well-dressed gentleman and his friends had an awkward moment at a fancy New York restaurant. Frank had forgotten his wallet and his dignity got challenged. This incident inspired him to create the Diners Club Card, the world's first true credit card. Fast forward to today, and the concept of credit cards have taken a whole new dimension. They fund exotic travels, lavish hotel stays, and gourmet dining experiences. It's these very perks that tempt us to get the next enticing credit card, the one that promises the next big cashback extravaganza, nudging us towards purchases we might not have considered otherwise. But I think it is good to remember the golden rule of finance. There are no free lunches. While these credit card rewards can certainly feel like a feast of financial delight, they also come with a few complexities that require some digestion. Yeah, so it's interesting because in, in finance, we say there's no such thing as a free lunch. And yet here's a free lunch. And how is it a free lunch? So two ways. One, banks give you a month to six weeks of interest-free period. So uh, typically your bill for whatever you spend today by the middle of next month. And that money you would have otherwise spent remains in your bank account. It earns some interest. So there itself, you can say you make maybe half a percent if your investment returns are high, maybe even a percent a month. The other way it's a free lunch is through the reward points that if you're able to convert the reward points into, let's say, a 5% return on spending. That's incredible. Like you've suddenly, it's like making 5%, giving yourself a raise of 5% tax-free. Now it is a free lunch, not for everyone. It is a free lunch for those who pay their bills on time. So for somebody who pays their bill on time, the charges are quite minimal. There is one large category of cards called lifetime free cards. These cards don't have an annual charge and typically not even a joining charge or a minimal joining charge. Then there are the premium cards which do tend to have an annual fee. But that usually gets waived off if your spending crosses a certain threshold. And in return for those fees, the rewards uh, on those cards tend to be really high. So net-net you end up getting more more bang for your buck. So the category of people who do not pay their credit card bill on time, they are hit by charge after charge. So uh, first of all, there's an interest uh, that is levied, which is typically 35 to 40%. That is insane. Just imagine no other loan product in this country or elsewhere, I think charges 35 to 40%. The other is there are penalties. Your credit score goes for a toss. It's like suddenly what was giving you a bunch of benefits turns sour and, and your entire experience gets sour. So it's super important to pay your bill on time. This information is quite valuable, Neil. However, there is an alternative option available when it comes to settling our credit card dues, right? Which involves paying the minimum due balance. So if someone opts to pay the minimum balance, what are the implications in such a scenario? 
Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question because a lot of people think that paying the minimum amount is enough, but effectively that is borrowing money because you're not paying the full bill, you're just paying a part of the bill. The bank is making you a loan for that balance amount. And typically the bank is going to charge you 35 to 40% interest on that amount you borrowed. There's one point that I missed out. Some people might try to withdraw cash from the credit card. This is particularly bad because the moment you withdraw cash, the interest meter starts running. It is treated like a loan and you don't have to wait for the end of the month to pay your bill. Immediately you charge interest. Uh, so it's a terrible idea to withdraw cash against your credit card. Now coming to the stories or the people that we've talked to, we did a pr pretty big story on uh, the credit card nerds. So there's now a bunch of people and it's become almost a, a national sport of sorts. There's a bunch of people who spend a lot of time figuring out which cards are optimal for which kind of spending. They spend their money in such a way that they get as much as they can. They extract as much value as they can from credit cards. Somehow magically they keep track of all of these bills and pay in time. That's part of the game. Of course, the risk with that is that if the bank sees too many people getting attracted to an attractive card, then the bank can devalue or reduce the benefits at any moment. They don't have to give you any notice period. They don't have to somehow protect your existing points. They can at the you know, snap of the fingers, they can devalue a credit card. You can be a credit card nerd. Uh, there are amazing stories about it. You can extract plenty of value from them. But the thing to be careful about is that the banks want to make a profit as well. So they can devalue the card at any point. That is a different twist to our conversation. These credit card enthusiasts sure know how to play the game. But as Neil mentioned, there's always that looming risk of banks pulling the rug from under their feet. This reminds me of Sandeep, who has taken the game to a whole new level. Sandeep has accumulated more than a million points on his credit cards and hasn't paid a penny for his and his family's extensive vacations in the past two years. So the question is, how did he pull off this feat? Initially, I had no idea about reward points. So in fact, I had lapsed a lot of reward points that I got in the initial 10, 15 years, whatever it was. There is a self-life, I think, you know, three years, if you don't use the points, they lapse. So that was, you know, before I got in to know more about the points, because I always thought that, you know, initial years also, you know, there are very few things you could get from points, maybe um, gadgets or something, you know, which you never wanted. But then when uh, the travel thing started, you know, then I came to know that, you know, you can uh, book tickets and all this started with this thing. So that's when I extensively started using it uh, the rewards and the points and all this thing. So I have used maybe more than million, more, much more than million points, you know, on credit card. This I realized, you know, that you can, I can save lots of money uh, by spending money. So now I started to give some time to it and that's where things started to, you know, I started to maximize the utility of my credit card. You can save money by spending money. It is a revolutionary concept, isn't it? While the industry often uses this notion to encourage us to spend more, it becomes truly transformative when approached mindfully. By dedicating time to understand how to effectively generate income through this process, using credit cards can open up opportunities to earn rewards and experiences that might otherwise remain beyond your reach. In the next part of this episode, 
I will delve into the tactics employed by Sandeep to achieve super solid returns on his credit card spending. What is that secret that enabled him to accumulate over a million points and eliminate the need to spend on his costly and extensive travel adventures? Additionally, I will provide an extensive analysis of the advantages and potential pitfalls linked to buy now pay later schemes. I will shed light on the crucial fine print elements that demand our attention before considering such a financial option. Let's explore all this and more in the upcoming segment of understanding the hidden costs of credit products like credit cards and BNPL schemes. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.